before dawn, milk cows work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, you know, we're going to cover um, the uh, the new uh, aliases for uh, Joe Biden. We're also going to we're just going to cover a lot of uh, stuff about globalism and and just some new thoughts and ideas. And then we're going to cover a little bit of the election today. We got. Some good news and some bad news about Vivek. Uh, some bad news about DeSantis. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting uh, the way it, that everyone's packaging themselves in the way on the eve uh, of uh, the, uh, the debate that Trump is not going to go to. And I wonder if Trump is going to take the tact of doing his own event on his own. And from what I understand, he's not going to be giving a speech before his uh, he before he turns himself into the Fulton County uh, prosecutor. Um, his lawyers advised that he not do that, uh, which I can understand. But see that that again gets right to election meddling because he's not allowed to speak. His mind, but that's talking about a case. The case really isn't about the election, but it is because more so not not because of Trump, but because of the Bidens. Uh, also, I have I have a couple of clips from uh, Comer and Stephen Miller that I want to share. Um, I think first we're going to start off light. I want to talk about this Oliver Anthony. Um, he wrote the song Rich Men North of Richmond and it's just buzzing all over the place. It's a great song. I'm sure most of you have heard it. It really is a good song if you listen to the lyrics. But it's gotten a lot of buzz because you know, the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about Hunter. It doesn't want to talk about you know anything related to the Joe Biden crimes. But they and they they but they'll choose to talk about this guy, this poor guy, 
just a middle class, less than middle class worker. And they want to make an example out of him and just crush him. You know, that's what they want to do to Trump, too. They want to crush Trump, but Trump's a billionaire. So good luck with that. But this is what they would do to the average guy. What they're doing to Trump, they want to do to you. And if not for Trump, it would be you. But they're, st- they're still trying to crush you, too, through globalism and the takeover of globalism. So we're going to go ahead and start these audio clips. This is one by Griff Jenkins. He is talking to Oliver Anthony in a really candid um, way. And he says, what I really want in the bigger scheme of things is just people to start appreciating each other for human beings and look beyond political differences and ideologies. Well, I think we have, I think that the most brilliant thing that Oliver Anthony said, he said, I think, you know, we have more things the same than we have that are different. And again, I go back to that cultural thing when I was in France and I noticed no one was waving a Black Lives Matter flag or an LGBTQ flag. And it was even Pride Month. And America is pushing pride down French Paris's throat. But for the most part, as radically left as they are, they're socialists, but they don't have time for the kind of politics and the BS that's happening here in America. This divisiveness, this psyop, this basically saying things and acting out like things are, aren't, that aren't true. Whether it's the trans movement or you know all these different things, they're all a f- facade of reality. They're all fake, and that's the part that people aren't really grasping, or they're they're too lazy to ask the question: Why is this fake stuff being supported and embraced, not rejected by the media? Why is it being bombarded on us and sold to us and packaged to us? You take Netflix, for example. Every time you turn on an episode of anything, there's this woke BS. And it's it's laser, you know, it's sort of like laced in there. It's laced in. It's subtle. It's sort of like that, you know, s- subliminal messaging that used to, People used to talk about, I remember in the 70s, 80s, and they'd say, you know that can of Coke, that when he pours the Coke into the ice, the ice is shaped like a sexy female body. You know, it's supposed to arouse you in some way, subliminally. Like, you don't even know that what you're seeing is what you're seeing. And then when someone diagrams it, they sort of make sense. And marketing experts have agreed that they do that. Subliminal messaging. And that's what, you know, Barry uh, Barry Santero, or a.k.a. Barack Hussein, um, who's on the board of Netflix, who just killed his chef probably, and who uh, came out with a letter saying that, uh, a letter to his a girlfriend of his uh, back in the, in the day, like in 1982, and said he imagines being with men every day. 
mean, that was in his own handwriting, and he wrote it, and he sent it to her. I think she corroborated it, and it is what it is. But Big Mike, you know, is happy with their golden parachute, you know, where they own all these waterfront houses. It's interesting, the list of houses that did not get destroyed in Maui. They're all like, you know, Zuckerberg and Oprah and all these different, you know, really rich, like uh, Lady Gaga, good friend of Biden, you know, that kind of thing. Well, let's go ahead and take a listen to this. Oliver Anthony, he says something really, really nice here about how we're, we have more in common than not in common. If the left would stop pushing their divisive agenda on their own flock, their own sheep, then uh, it would make a, uh, make life a lot better. Maybe hope comes to the song in your music. I know you turned uh, $8 million down. You, you did a great statement. You said you don't want jets. You don't want tour buses. What do you want? I just want to go back to the woods, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, what I, what I really want in the bigger scheme of things is just just people to start appreciating each other for human beings and look beyond political differences and ideologies and a lot of things that I see corporate media and education doing, which is making everyone identify each other's differences and not their similarities. What do you hope comes to the song in your music? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a really wise thing to say. And here it says a statement from Oliver Anthony Music via Facebook. It's been difficult as I browse through the 50,000 plus messages and emails I've received in the last week. The stories that I've been shared paint a brutally honest picture. The stories that have been shared. Suicide, addiction, unemployment, anxiety, and depression, hopelessness, and the list goes on. I'm sitting in such a weird place in my life right now. I never wanted to be a full-time musician much less sit at the top of the iTunes charts. Draven the, and, uh, from Radio West Virginia and I filmed these tunes on my land with the hope that it may hit 300,000 views. I still don't know quite, I, I still don't quite believe what has went, what has went on since we uploaded that. It's it's just this uh, just strange to me. People in the music industry give me blank stares when I brush off eight million dollars. I don't want six tour buses, fifteen tractor trailers, and a jet. I don't want to play stadium shows. I don't want to be in the spotlight. I wrote the music I wrote because I was suffering with mental health and depression. These songs have connected with millions of people on such a deep level because they're being sung by someone feeling the words in the very moment they were being sung. No editing, no agent, no BS. Just some idiot and his guitar. The style of music that we should have never gotten away from in the first place. So that being, was that so true? The style of music 
that we should have never gotten away from in the first place. I think what really tore down music is is this gangster rap and stuff like that. It's just unfortunate. I I find myself listening to 40s and 50s music, um, like uh, standards, jazz, jazz vocalists, stuff like that is what I like a lot. But so that being said, he says, I have never taken the time to tell you who I actually am. Here's a formal introduction. And we'll get rid of that little uh, commercial commercial break that we don't do. So make a donation over at magapack.org and uh, help us keep commercial free. We could easily insert a lot of commercials and uh, and generate revenue off of those. But uh, we don't do that. We're, we're not doing that right now. Um, my legal name is Christopher Anthony Lunsford. My grandfather was Oliver Anthony and Oliver Anthony Music is a dedication not only to him, but 1930s Appalachia, where he was born and raised. Dirt floors, seven kids, hard times. At this point, I'll gladly go to go by Oliver because everyone knows me as, as such. But my friends and family still call me Chris. You could decide for yourself. Either is fine. In 2010, I dropped out of high school at age 17. I have a... GED from Spruce Pine, North Carolina. I worked multiple plant jobs in Western North Carolina. My last, uh, my last being at the paper mill in McDonald, McDowell County. I worked third shift, six days a week for fourteen fifty an hour in a living hell. In twenty thirteen, I had a bad fall at work and fractured my skull. It forced me to move back home to Virginia. Due to complications from the injury, it took me six months or so before I could walk uh, work work again. From 2014 until just a few days ago, I've worked outside sales in the industrial manufacturing world. My job has taken me all over Virginia and into the Carolinas, getting to know tens of thousands of other blue-collar workers on job sites and in factories. I've spent all day, every day, for the last 10 years hearing the same story. People are so damn tired of being neglected, divided, and manipulated. So in 2019, I paid $97,500 for the property and still owe about 60000 on it. So he, he came up with 37500 to pay on it. I am living in a 27-foot camper with a tarp on the roof that I got off of Craigslist for $750. There's nothing special about me. I'm not a good musician. I'm not a very good person. I've spent the last five years struggling with mental health and using alcohol to drown it. I am sad to see the world in the state it's in. With everyone fighting with each other, I've spent many nights feeling hopeless that the greatest country on earth is quickly fading away. That being said, I hate the way the Internet has divided all of us. The Internet is a parasite that infects the minds of humans and has their way with them. 
Hours wasted, goals forgotten, loved one, loved ones sitting in houses with each other, distracted all by, all day by technology made by the hands of other poor souls, in sweat, and sweatshops in a foreign land. When is enough enough? When are the going? When are we going to fight for what is right again? Millions have died protecting the liberties we have. Freedom of speech is such a precious gift. Never in the world, never world history has the world had the freedom it currently does. Don't let them take it away from you. Just like these once wandering in the desert, just like those once wandering in the desert, we have lost our way from God and have let false idols distract us and divide us. It's a damn shame. And that's part of the lyrics of his song. Christopher Anthony Lunsford, and he has a picture of his family. That was uh, just wonderful to uh, recite there. And here is um, uh, Carl Higby uh, talking about the song and what it means to America and why it's created such a uh, storm in, on the left. Okay, let's take a listen. Look, the political landscape is changing by the day. And it's not so much even left versus right anymore, but it's more normal versus elites. And if you're angry with the State of the Union, you're in good company. You're actually the norm. Nothing makes that more apparent than the song that rocketed to the top of the charts overnight, Rich Men North of Richmond. This is a song about an ordinary guy, middle of the road politically, who just basically said what we're all thinking. And he said it from the heart, talking about an elite uniparty that's running our country while everyone else suffers. I've listened to this a hundred times by now, and it resonates with me more and more every time. Rich men north of Richmond got me wondering why I'm not more mad, actually. Mad that I pay taxes on a home that I already own, paid for by a paycheck I already paid taxes on, that I fix with materials that I buy and pay more taxes on when I purchase them, taxes that essentially have me working from January to June for free. You know, I was driving into work, listening to that song, thinking, look, I pay 50% of my income to government at various levels, and yet the bridge by my house has been closed for a year with not so much as a spray paint line on the ground or a start date. Yet, when I hit a pothole and get a flat tire on roads that I'm taxed to drive on, I have to wait on hold for hours sometimes to get a human only to tell me, sorry, we're not going to pay for your tire. I have no recourse. My dollars were 17 cents less than it was two years ago, but you don't reduce my taxes any. The government just burdens me. It's our problem to figure out where we're going to make up that other 17 cents. And the people who are supposed to be civil servants who work for the taxpayers, they're rarely civil, nor do I think they provide adequate service. Sorry, not sorry. They, they shut off your mics at town hall meetings and hang up on us. When we, we yell at them for making a mistake. If, if I treated government the way they treated me, I'd be up to my eyeballs and fines and penalties. So yeah, that song resonates with me. The Pentagon Loses $200 billion. No problem. We give pallets of cash to countries that hate us. Millions on, on border walls half a world away, but can't be bothered to help Texas. Not to mention, I, you know, I'm angry that the average household is paying $700 more a month while we print trillions so they can go on their stupid government spending sprees. 
the rich men north of Richmond who want to take my gas stove to save the environment. They spent $930 million last year printing documents that were never read and they were just thrown away. But the government does this all the time. No one is ever held accountable. That's what this song is about. It's about them lighting millions of dollars on fire to do things like study shrimp running on treadmills, yet can only muster $700 per person for the residents of Hawaii, who, by the way, just had their homes burned to the ground by a wildfire that was likely sparked by a downed wire from a company that spent most of its time trying to transition to green energy rather than operating a safe power grid. You mad yet? I am. This is our hard-earned money, confiscated tax money. And the same president, whose son didn't pay a dime on $20 million of income, just hired 87,000 new IRS agents, one of whom just shot a fellow agent by accident, by the way. They, they will string you and me up if we pay someone over $600 on Venmo. Please, Chuck Schumer, tell me more about why I should feel like you care. The same government that is telling me that I'm a domestic terrorist for being angry because I don't want my kids seeing drag shows in second grade. They just gave $80 billion of night vision, fully automatic weapons, helicopters, Humvees, you name it, to the Taliban. But those same fools don't want us to have an AR-15? Maybe that's why this song is trending. You ever think about that? Because they're letting thieves, drug dealers, and even murderers out on the street in Manhattan, but refuse to let me get a lawfully obtained gun permit so I can protect myself from those people. They will leak the names and addresses of the lawful gun owners in California, spy on Catholic churches, and lock up a grandmother who was waved into the Capitol building on January 6th without a trial for months. But yet Jeffrey, did he really kill himself, Epstein, was locked up for trafficking minors to apparently no one. Where's the list? Makes a ton of sense that this song is so popular, right? Maybe the people brushing off Oliver Anthony as some sort of redneck in the woods should actually listen to the song instead of criticizing it. Hell, maybe you rich men north of Richmond should listen to all of us instead of always explaining why you think we're wrong. Come on down from your ivory tower. Drive a truck. Run a chainsaw. Work in a mine. Probably change your tune. Because us law-abiding Americans who foot the bill for all this BS, we're tired of it. We're tired of being the first ones taxed and the last ones considered. Wow, I thought that was really powerful. Um, I know Carl Higby a little bit, and I have his number. And uh, he used to be uh, on Red State Talk Radio. He used to have a show here. And uh, it's funny, though, because... The uh, Kathy Abreu, the uh, the liberal Sherpa that used to appear on Tucker, that you know ended up trying to con her mo- his, her mother out of some money and got thrown in jail for it, as they turned out to be total loser. Um, was a friend of his and wanted to do a. Li- I, I spoke with her on the phone, and she was all psyched about doing a liberal show. We were going to put a liberal show on Red State Talk Radio. And uh, thank goodness I didn't do that. I don't know why, but uh, just call it good 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 luck, I guess. But um, uh, so this guy, this black guy. Now a lot of people are saying this is a dog whistle to raise the white supremacy. Whatever they're trying to turn the song into something that it's not. So here's a black guy, uh, and 
they, he actually did a little bit of a rap to it. And to the rich men north of Richmond, they're already doing modifications of the song, which in this case, in this one case, uh, it's not so bad. But it's not about the song. It's about what this black guy is saying about this song, which the reason why it's important that he's black is because a lot of people are trying to make this a racist or white supremacist or, you know, whatever thing. So, you know, the liberals will just stop at nothing. Y'all, if you haven't heard Richmond North of Richmond, man, you, you got to hear it. I don't care what color you are. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, bro. It's some serious feels. Daughters and sons and they nurse all All of our family while we are traveling Trying to get paychecks and work hard I don't know how much longer I can take this Only looks like I got half of my paycheck How can I explain this all to a baby? I know I'll read it, the statement you gave me Dear Mr. Lot, know you've been working daily around the clock Gotta provide for the family you got But you laid off, sincerely your boss, I'm sorry Isn't that sounding outrageous? How about you go home and say that? Go to your daughter and tell her you broke Cause when your boss will give you some change, you would take it I am not one to just take it I am not one to be lazy Earn what I get, I put days in I am just one my payment Lord, it's a damn shame Like the song just, it does something Number one, it's a simple beat, so it's just very relatable, you know, just the rhythm, the way that it, it approaches the bluegrass sound, or the, you know, just the country sound, it's very folksy, because at the end of the day, we all kind of have a little bit of that in us. You know, I know I got that, because I'm from Alabama, but, you know, I know some people, they, they, they come from humble roots, so it's something that they can, you know, sort of live with, and they can resonate with. But the big thing is, man, like the pain in his voice, it speaks to what we're all feeling right now, you know. I don't, I get political, I do. But at the same time, you got to understand that the people that we voted in power, the people that we consistently support, that come to us, you know, every election cycle and say they got our back. They're the ones that did this to us. And, you know, now it just seems like they're so indifferent. All they care about is consolidating power, you know, playing the same old politics as usual games. Meanwhile, we're hurting. And they tell us, oh, don't worry, we'll get back to you, you know, uh, some some other time, man, you know, check watch or something. So, bro, I feel this. Everybody that works for a living, everybody that lives paycheck to paycheck, which is most of y'all, even some of y'all six-figure earners, you feel this. I mean, we need more stuff like this, man. We need more songs to speak to actual economic issues, actual stuff that the common man is feeling. Not the same shit that the Hollywood celebrities tell us to push. Wow. You know, very, very uh, powerful commentary around that song. A couple of memes. Truth sounds like hate to those who hate truth. Is that true? Sounds true. Civil disobedience is not only a right, it's a necessity, especially during the this unprecedented time where our government has taken extraordinary measures to censor, control, and punish its citizens for standing up for what they know is right and true. So historically, the most terrible things, war, genocide, and slavery, have resulted not from disobedience, but from obedience. 
Yeah, that's what we're, you know, that's what the left, people like John Podesta, who are now speaking. This John Podesta, listen to what they're doing with the name of climate to control you. You know, they're using all these fake little crises to control you, right? Listen to what John Podesta said. To stop these disasters from getting even worse, we have to cut the carbon pollution that's driving the climate crisis. And that's what the Inflation Reduction Act is all about. So the Inflation Reduction Act spending bill that causes inflation is all about uh, climate initiatives that help the left get rich (laughs) and help control the population with their food supply, their energy, their money, their social credit score, their speech, you name it. And John Podesta the boogeyman that he is from the Hillary camp, the pedophile that he is. Um, This guy is back at the White House speaking, using Maui as a prop. It's pretty sad. So, we have... John Podesta calls for urgent rollout of Great Reset Agenda following Maui destruction, right? So I guess that's what they're doing. Um, we got one more thing. Oh, here, this is Ted Turner. What does Ted Turner have to say about this initiative? He's one of the Grand Poobah founders of this. What's possible? Tell me what's it's possible, possible to do. that in 15 or 20 years we can completely redo it. If we, we have to mobilize, this, this is how important it is and, and how, how, how important that we do it quickly. We have to mobilize the same way we did when we entered World War II in 1941. We have to fully mobilize everything we have and put it into changing the energy system over. By the way, this, this interview was 2008. Okay, so there, there, this is what we've been seeing in the last 15 years. Okay. Ted Turner was speaking to Charlie Rose. And the guy's pretty smart, Ted Turner, but in a in a wicked lip tarted kind of way. But let's take a listen. This is 2008. Agenda 2030 is real. The new world order will not come down to a vote in 2024. They'll rig it like they did in 2020. Possible. Tell me what's it's possible, possible to do. That in 15 or 20 years, we can completely redo it. If we, we have to mobilize, this, this is how important it is and, and how, how, how important that we do it quickly. We have to mobilize the same way we did when we entered World War II in 1941. We have to fully mobilize everything we have and put it into changing the energy system over. And not just here in the United States, but all over the world. It's going to be the business, business, biggest business project in the history of the world. Fortunes, billions of dollars are going to be made. Billions Hundreds of thousands of people are going to be employed. We're going to have clean air. We're going to have so many benefits from it. It's not going to cost us anything it, once we get going with it. It's not going to cost us anything. Only the people that don't, un, don't understand it think it's going to. It, it, not doing it will be catastrophic. We'll have eight degrees. We'll be eight degrees hotter. In yes. 10, not 10, but in 30 or 40 years. And That's basically none lie. of the crops will grow. Most of the people will total have died lie. and the rest of us will be cannibals. Civilization will have total broken lie. down. What The few people left will be 
living in a, in, in a failed state like Somalia or Sudan. Total lie. And, and living conditions will be intolerable. The droughts will be so bad, there'll be no more corn. Total growing. lie. It, it will, the, the, not doing it is suicide. Just like dropping bombs on each other, nuclear weapons is suicide. So, so we've got to stop doing the two suicidal things, which are hanging on to our and, nuclear and, weapons. And, and global and, and Well, they also said suicidal things were not wearing a mask and not taking the vax. Well, they were lying. They were wrong. And now they're saying if you don't go green, you're committing suicide. And we're not going to let you hurt the public health. Just like they pulled that stunt, you know. You can't, you know, just the same way you can't yell you know, fire in a, uh, a theater. And then after that, we've got, to, we've got to stabilize the population. When I was born, no, there were So what's too, wrong with the population? I mean, with too many people. That's, what, that's why we have global warming. We have global warming because too many people are using too much stuff. But if there were less people, they'd be using less stuff. If we don't get global warming and the nuclear weapons straight out, we don't have to worry about human rights. We'll all, the humans will all be gone. You know. Okay. Do you think we'll do it? I mean, are you optimistic in the end that, I have, the, country, I, that the world will come to its senses? On behalf of my grandchildren and the children all over the world, I absolutely think we've got to do it. But I have a way of explaining it very simply. I say the human situation I liken to a baseball game. It's in the seventh inning, and we're down by one run. What, so we're back to, to, or to right, the wall. Right, right. What we have to do, though, in the next two innings, the game's not over. It's right. still winnable. But what we've got to do is hold them right where they are with our best pitcher. Right. And we've got to get a couple runs on the ball. Get boards. a man on the base. That's, and then get him in. Get him in. And mm -hmm. that ties it. And then another run to go ahead and we win. That's where we are. We're, we're in a tough situation, but we can play our way out of it if we do the right things. It's time for smart political leaders. No more dummies. We can't afford dumb leadership. Well, they got a dummy in the White House now, Biden. <clears throat> and Hillary wasn't so sprite either. So I don't know what he's talking about. But yeah. Now take a listen to this. This is uh, Mark uh, Mark Maroney. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm butchering the name. Um, but I follow him on uh, Twitter. Guy has some really good stuff. And uh, let's take a listen to this. We should be allowed to hear all sides. Let's see if this gets taken down. So let's see. All right, let's take a listen to this. I worked in the United States Senate Environment and Public Mark Works Morano. Committee back in, it was 2007, the UN came out with their big agricultural report where they said that cow emissions were more harmful to the planet than all the trains, planes, and automobiles combined. And this was the beginning or the acceleration of going after the global food supply. And what happened in that in, in the interim time is there's all sorts of uh, people in Hollywood, people like excuse me Nicole Kidman pushing insect eating uh, with Vanity Fair actually like eating live insects, which I never understood where the animal rights people were with pushing that. We're seeing this madness spread everywhere now. Uh, in Ireland, they're going to call 200,000 cows over three years to meet the net zero climate goals. Germany, this is their German newspaper, the Daily Bild, one sausage per month, according to the government's new proposal with the German Nutritional Society. This is real. It's happening. It's not theoretical. We're not talking about down the road. You saw the video clip John Kerry announced in, uh, earlier in June that we're now going to be targeting American agriculture. What happens is these politicians, and yes, uh, 
even Republican politicians, sign on to these UN climate treaties and, the, and uh, UN climate reports. Not so much George W. Bush, uh, not Donald Trump, but certainly George H.W. Bush, but at these summits, and of course with Obama and Biden, they sign on to, I will limit, with, along with these other politicians, I'll limit the Earth's temperature to two degrees, and I'll limit up to 1.5 degrees, and we'll double down on net zero like modern witches arguing over how they're going to fine-tune the Earth's climate. Well, this grandstanding has real consequences because they then have net-zero goals, a treaty that they sign, like the UN Paris Agreement. They go home. In the case of the Netherlands, where they wanted to eliminate up to almost 12,000 family-run small farms before the farmers fought back, a court order that they had to comply with these net zero commitments. And this is what's now happening both in our automotive industry and in our food and energy industry. We've committed ourselves and now we're forced to come out and start reorienting every aspect of society. This is the intentional collapse of food, agriculture, energy, and to boot our free speech so we can't complain about it. Uh, and this, so what's happening right now as we go forward, as the United States just approved lab-grown meat, the United States is approving insects, and we have John Kerry now expanding this. They're already decimating farming in Australia, in, uh, in Canada. We're seeing the results of it in all throughout Europe. And we're seeing, we saw the results of it in Sri Lanka, where the World Economic Forum touted their big uh, non-modern organic, return to organic farming. And of course, the whole country, the presidential palace was overrun. So this is our, there's an old Chinese proverb, when there are many, when there's food on the table, there are many problems. When there's no food, there's only one problem. And right now, we are facing a situation where they're creating intentional chaos and scarcity to force us to look, as they're saying, to buy insects, to buy uh, this lab-grown meat. And we even have elementary school kids in Europe, United States, Australia. They're giving kids these cricket-based snacks that are, look like potato chips, oil, seasoning. And they're told, and this is an exact quote, to go home and pester their parents that insects are good to eat. This is how they're doing a PSYOP, both globally and they're aiming at the kids. They're giving kids, kids are more likely to eat a bug today than any adult. They're pushing this throughout public schools. It's definitely getting crazy out there. All right. Uh, we're going to get to uh, politics a little bit. And then uh, uh, let's just move along because um, we're running out of time and we're not going to get to everything I had queued up. But it's okay. It's more days in the week. So Florida Governor Ron DeSantis seems to have new strategy to get elected president. Go after Trump. Let's take a listen. President go after Trump supporters. We have a strand in our in our party that views supporting Trump as whether you I hear Paul are Ryan speaking. Um, a, a rhino or not. And so you could be the most conservative person since sliced bread unless you're kissing his rear end. They will somehow call you a rhino. So you're not rooted in principle. Uh, if all we are is listless vessels that just supposed to follow, you know, whatever happens to come down the pike on Truth Social every morning, th that's not going to be a durable movement. Okay, so Charlie, I've covered a lot of Trump rallies. I've talked to a lot of their supporters, and I can tell you right now, I'm calling it right. listless vessels is going to be on a T-shirt. Yeah. And each, if it's not already on one bet. right now, um, what's the thing? Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Uh, no, it, it's a terrible strategy. Um, and it's so frustrating because Ron DeSantis has such a tremendous record to run on. He has such a he has there's so much promise for him. 
but he is really failing. Uh, like we have seen few politicians with so much going in their direction fail as badly as, as he is failing. Um, he's not he's not very good at politics. It's it's appearing. And if you the, and the biggest tell is when you go after the voters that you're supposed to win over and you attack them and you mock them. You know, we, we've seen Hillary Clinton tried it with the basket of deplorables, as you pointed out. Um, and it didn't work for her. And so he's coming up. Not only is he coming up with something, I don't even know what a listless vessel is, except that it's insulting. And it, the suggestion is that these people are not only all the things that Hillary Clinton thought they were, but they're also stupid and they're getting <laughs> snookered. Trump voters are very, very wise to that. And he's doing himself serious damage that is going to, to carry with him uh, not only through this primary, but it's going to hurt him four years from now. Oh, absolutely. Four years from now. I, I, I agree. I believe that. Um, all right. So let's take a listen to this. Or we're going to get into this. Vivek sets precedent. World Economic Forum no longer able to add people to their young global leader list without their expressed consent. Letter from World Economic Forum to Vivek Ramaswamy. It says, um, so this is World Economic Forum. We write on behalf of the World Economic Forum in reference to the civil action you have filed in which you complained about harms resulting from the being, being, your being named without your consent on a list of young global leaders for 2021. We write to apologize for this mistake. The forum nominated you in 2021 as a y, YGL and accordingly listed you in several documents on its website. Shortly thereafter, the forum learned that you did not wish to participate in the YGL program. The forum then took steps to remove references to your name from its YGL lists, but inadvertently failed to remove you, your name from all publications on its website. So the forum acknowledges that this continued inclusion on a YGL document may have incorrectly implied an association with the forum, and for that reason, the forum apologizes for its unintentional error. So that's the legal team, re legal response from the World Economic Forum. It's getting to the point where the World Economic Forum is so distasteful, so barbaric, so tyrannical, so ridiculous, so stupid that people are saying, do not associate my name with you. And that's Vivek. So that's great for Vivek. Score one for Vivek, right? Ramaswamy. Then Vivek comes out with this great list. Vivek's top 10 list is excellent. Truth by Ramaswamy said in all caps, starting the post on X. So his list follows like this. So this is his list. One, uh, it's a top 10 list. One, God is real. Two, there are two genders. Three, human flourishing requires fossil fuels. Four, reverse racism is racism. Five, an open border is no border. Six, parents determine the education of their children. Seven, the nuclear family 
is the greatest form of governance known to mankind. Eight, capitalism lifts people up from poverty. Nine, there are three branches of government. U.S. government, not four. Of the U.S. government, not four. Ten, the U.S. Constitution is the strongest guarantor of freedoms in history. Okay. Two, that's two points for Vivek, right? That's great. But then you got this. Listen as Vivek says he wants America to re-enter the, into Obama's TPP trade deal and say President Trump made a <clears throat> poor decision by pulling out. You can take the World Economic Forum out of your Wikipedia bio, but you can't take the globalism out of your heart. Vivek is Asia first, not America first. Let's take a listen. By the way, a policy that I think is also really important. By the way, that's Vivek's voice. By the way, a policy that I think is also really important that goes straight along with it is re-entering the Pacific trade relationships around the rest of the rim of the Pacific, the CPTPP. I think we should re-enter it. I think this is a little bit different than what, you know, the, the course of action taken by Trump and exiting the TPP. I think that was actually maybe, maybe a poor one decision. Maybe more sense for the people. By the way, a policy that I think is also really. So how do you square that circle? That's pretty damning right there. That, that, that says globalism all over it. No wonder they wanted him. They, they liked him. He spoke their language. So now that they're releasing a new pandemic, the ivermectin is still not approved for COVID. Go figure. That's got to stop. That's why there, there's been a lot of people talking about this you know, ivermectin. Uh, a lot of uh, people telling about the truth about ivermectin. Their origins, Nobel Peace Prize winner uh, invented it. And he, they, there's a video that talks about how he invented it. It has such integrity, yet here we are. So the mainstream media is pushing this new pandemic. Listen. It is making a comeback this summer, so many of us would like COVID. to leave it in the past. But cases are once again on the rise. So when will new booster shots roll out? Ann Thompson asked the CDC director. This summer, most Americans left COVID in the past, gathering together once again mask-free. But tonight, signs of a COVID resurgence. Across the country, COVID hospitalizations jumped more than 14% in the most recent week, but far lower than pandemic levels. NBC News medical contributor Dr. Kavita Patel. What's behind this uptick in COVID that we're seeing? The main driver of this is a variant that's relatively newer to the scene, EG5. It's easier to give and get, so that makes it kind of easier to pass along. It's been almost a year since the last COVID booster came out. CDC Director Dr. Mandy Cohen. The new COVID booster is expected to be approved by the FDA, and then we will make recommendations from the CDC probably by the second or third week of September. Will it protect against this new strain? Yes. The booster is tailored to what we are seeing circulating now. Critics say the federal government is behind I once don't believe again. It. People knew there was going to be a COVID <clears throat> resurgence. Mm-hmm. So why do 
don't we have a booster today? Why do we have to wait until next month? The way we go about doing our, just like we do with our flu shots, right? We make sure that we're looking at the ways in which the virus changed. They look at and evaluate that. The FDA is doing its work. We likely will see this as an annual um, COVID. Annual. Now it's going to be annual. Uh, shot, just like the flu shot. Just in time for fall, when we'll also face RSV. Can you take the flu shot, the COVID booster, and the RSV vaccine all at once? So for flu and COVID, yes. RSV, again, is only available for older adults. That's one where I'd say, talk to your doctor about what's right for you. You know, I'm going with natural immunity. I think that natural immunity is going to work for me this year. Like, I never liked the flu shot. The Two times in my life I took a flu shot in the fall. Uh, in the 90s or somewhere. Those are the two years I actually got the flu. I very rarely get the flu. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be totally immune. Oh, here's Joe Biden saying, America first is America last. That makes us weaker. America first makes us weaker. The America first policy walking away from the rest of the world has made us weaker, not stronger. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Okay, we got that. Let's take a listen to this. Um, I got this from, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a little story. And uh, we won't have time to listen to the whole thing. But I'm going to end the show with this one. So, uh, I got this from Hillchick2 on Twitter. And her name's Hillchick. And how I discovered this is uh, I was uh, woken up at, at, at around 11 o'clock, 11.30 last night with the fire alarm. And it turns out the building I live in got on fire. Like it, it was uh, in, the, in the basement. They contained it very quickly, but smoke permeated the whole building. My place still smells like smoke. In any case, it was, you know, we couldn't go back into the building. We're all standing out, like a thousand people were standing outside in the middle of the night. And I got back into my bed around 3.30 in the morning from 11 o'clock, 11.30. So like four hours standing outside. And thank goodness the weather was perfect. But um, yeah, so, okay. And I didn't even know if I was going to do the show today, but... Uh, uh, because I only got like three or four hours sleep. And I didn't get to prepare as much as I wanted to because I got up late. Um, and, and in any case, so I, uh, I sit down and uh, I end up striking a conversation with this la- this one lovely lady, uh, Hillchick. Her, her name's Marilyn, I think. And uh, it, so Hillchick. And uh, so check her out. She w- turned out, in the city of Arlington, which is uber liberal, and it's pretty crazy, but, you know, it turns out that she spoke my language. I mean, she is as much of an anti-globalist as I am. And if you go to her Twitter feed, you'll see that. I got this lifted from her pinned tweet. And let's take a listen to as much as we can of this. But uh, follow her if you can. Everyone's in on the Great Reset. Well, almost everyone. There's one guy who's got the power to do something to stop it, and you know exactly where I'm going. And they made a mistake. They tried to get Trump on their side, so they invited Donald Trump to Davos, I think a couple of times, 
But in January, when Donald Trump, I think, really began to see the beast that he was up against, he went to Davos, yeah, to the World Economic Forum, and he stuck a mega finger in their eye. We're committed to conserving the majesty of God's creation and the natural beauty of our world. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country. Two days after Donald Trump gave that speech, the 89-year-old leftist weirdo billionaire George Soros made an emergency intervention where, at Davos, once again, warning that the U.S. 2020 election will determine the, quote, fate of the whole world. Now, in the context of Davos, take a look at this one more time. This is a month after Donald Trump addressed Davos and stuck the MAGA finger in their face. Here's what Francis, the Vatican, and Jeffrey Sachs had to say in response. And it is a dangerous country right now. It will be absolutely dangerous if Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Francis invited this guy to the, to the Amazon Senate as an honored guest and advisor. He's also Bernie Sanders' advisor. What's he doing in the Vatican? Why is this guy who is a promoter for socialist, out and out socialist, Bernie Sanders, what's he doing advising the Pope? Why does he have entree to the Vatican, friends? Sachs supports abortion and contraception, but that's not a problem for the Vatican. For the Vatican, for Pope Francis, and for his friends at the UN, Donald Trump is the problem, obviously, friends. Clearly, I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world, but I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020. Do you get it? Do you see why there's so much hate for Trump? Because with all of his faults, again, he's the capitalist. He's not the globalist. He never will be one of them. Which is why he pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Donald Trump pulled the United States out of the World Health Organization. That's Bill Gates and company. And now he's threatening to pull the United States out of the World Trade Organization. People say, yeah, well, Donald Trump got married twice. He's a bad guy. Really? <laughs> he's right in the face of the demons on this, friends. Nobody ever said he was a saint. He's knocking the sacred cows of the United Nations down all over the world right now. The General Assembly routinely votes 185 against the United States on almost everything right now. And you remember, speaking of the United Nations, in November of 2019, again, right before COVID landed, Trump went to the U.N. We, we, you know, you get the idea. And we're going to play the we're going to play that clip again tomorrow, uh, I believe, so we can have time to finish the whole thing. But I wanted to get that in because the two pieces that we heard were really excellent. And uh, there's more to this uh, audio that we're going to play. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out Magapack.org. Use Red State as over at MyPillow. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.